Welcome to T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. Your host is Jose Negron. We take the guesswork out of technological jargon so that you know what's next, why it's great or not so great, and how you can benefit from it by learning about it early. Now, here is Jose Negron. Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Jose Negron, on voiceamerica.com on the Variety Channel, hosting the leading technology show, T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or noon East Coast Time. You can catch us every Monday and Tuesday in the mornings or the afternoons. Check your local listing on voiceamerica.com, the Variety Channel. As always, uh, I'd like to thank our audience, both from the U.S. and international audience, for listening to the show. As a reminder for those uh, new audience members, uh, the purpose of T3 program is to uh, interact between the scientists, the engineers, the innovators, the futurists, uh, with the non-techie folks. Uh, This has been a long, successful uh, formula for this program. We're just talking about how technology supports our future lifestyle and the way we live and, and what do we do with all this new technology and where we're going with the new technology. So the show addresses just common questions and some understanding for you. Uh, to keep everybody uh, involved in the T3 show, you can call 866-472-5788 or email me at todaytomorrowstechnologies at gmail.com. Our show today is pretty exciting to me because I've been trying to get this done for a while. We've had numerous space shows, but this one we're going to focus on returning to the moon and Mars. Why is it important for the U.S. to return to the moon and Mars? And to help our audience and to help us break down the show, uh, the first segment we're going to talk about uh, what the U.S. government, specifically NASA, is doing to promote uh, the return and the exploration of the moon and Mars programs. Second segment, we'll talk about what the commercial companies are doing. And in the third segment, we'll talk about the other nations, international community are doing, which is, to me, is very surprising. I, I am, last week, we had a, um, a program that dealt nothing but exploration of space by robotics, drones, landers. And I'll tell you, I was quite surprised of the number of robots, landers, and drones that are out there exploring space. But our focus today is returning to the moon and Mars. But first, let me welcome my guest, Bruce Abbott. Uh, Hawks Abbott, better known as a space strategist, an amazing thinker of the future, always at the forefront of discussing space strategies uh, uh, talking about the space frontier and current issues uh, from the establishment of the Space Force and the commercialization of space. Hawks, welcome to the show today. Uh, I'm really interested in your uh, uh, discussions and opinions about uh, returning to the moon and Mars. I know that's uh, a topic that you're very interested in as well. So what do you think about uh, the U.S. going back to the moon first and then Mars, and why is it important? I'm glad to be here, Jose. And uh, it's important because uh, the building of uh, nations and the continuance of major nations in the world has to do with going forward, going to the next horizon, um, going to... um, things that are unknown and uh, discover them. And there are times when seemingly small decisions reverberate through the centuries. Um, And I think now is such a time 
the decisions we make now for space will set the nation's course for decades, if not centuries to come. Something like the Vikings coming to the New World in uh, uh, between 900 and 1,000 A.D. The legacy we leave to future generations may be decided in these next few years. Nations lose their leadership position when they give up the role of exploration. The question now facing the United States and which path to take with regard to space, the deepest ocean of the 21st century, just like the Europeans leaving the European continent to the North American continent. Back to the moon, back to the future of 50 years ago, and this time back to stay and a journey into tomorrow, a manned mission to Mars. In the history of the human race, no technological challenge has been so great and no goal so distant. Likewise, there has never been a nation like ours, nor an opportunity so promising. Ours is is a rapidly changing world to remain competitive and maintain world space leadership in the centuries ahead. America will need the best trained and educated workforce, the most advanced technology, and the strongest leadership. We now have goals that challenge our abilities far beyond what we've experienced before. Going back to the moon and on to Mars is the, uh, the objective. It is a vision of America reaching beyond itself and onward, beyond the very bounds of this planet, to an entirely new world. On the way there, going back to the moon will teach us the methodology and the experience to reap the real tangible benefits of space exploration. Space is our deepest ocean and our most challenging frontier. En route to Mars, we will explore the moon, advance Earth sciences, and develop new innovative technologies. We will tap lunar, Martian, and solar energy resources as we explore the heights of human talent and ability. Along the way, America's drive, initiative, and ingenuity, and technology All of those things that have made our nation the most successful society on earth will propel us toward a future of peace, strength, and prosperity. The challenge is before us. Well, Hawks, as we continue, Hawks, as we continue to uh, really, uh, we just got through the celebration of uh, 50 years of the moon landing, and it's a lofty goal to return back to the moon. Some people have criticized us for returning to the moon and not going straight to Mars, and I understand the lofty goals and and the uh, uh, the high praises that you've uh, instilled on returning to the moon as far as that's concerned, but there's there's got to be uh, a, a, a practical sense of either economic challenge uh, challenge because we want to go to the moon to mine minerals and and that's a you know that's the next frontier that we're going to explore or there is uh you know uh saving the world because of the climate change and we need to look at other planets for survival uh can you comment on some of those uh, topics sure can um i'm going to my original For America to gain control of our destiny in space, we need to advance our understanding, um, our knowledge of the universe. We we strive to understand the origin and the history of our solar system, 
the origin of life and the ultimate fate of our universe. Um, people are the best explorers, but they often need machines to help. It's time for an integrated program of missions by humans and robots to explore, to understand, and to gain knowledge of the universe and our place in it. Um, by going back to the moon and then ultimately onward to Mars in this next 10 to 15 years, uh, it will require the best engineering and scientific talent our nation can muster, just like Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo did when we went to, went to the moon 50 years ago. Um, through a long-range commitment to space exploration, we will stimulate our national education system and inspire students to learn. Motivated students are, are essential to the excellence in education and in the advancement in science and engineering that will inspire the new generations on which our future as a nation depends. When we explore, go over the next horizon, that's when we are at our best. America is not a one-trick pony for going to the moon 50 years ago. It's going back to the moon and onto Mars provides us with an opportunity to reestablish and maintain American preeminence in technological innovation and space leadership. Other nations have gained the initiative in certain areas and have become leaders in a tradition of space exploration that America pioneered. American leadership cannot be declared and must be earned. We have done some of those things in the International Space Station in collaboration with European and Russian and other entities. Uh, we need to uh, be able to step forward and come to grips with our ability to be leaders again. America's recent history has demonstrated that our space program stimulates a wide range of technological innovations that find abundant application in, consumer, in the consumer marketplace. Space technology has revolutionized and improved our daily lives in countless ways, and it will continue to do so. Energy from space, uh, advances in solar power, fusion fuels, useful materials for advanced communications, sources, medical breakthroughs, greater insight into the potential are some of the direct benefits we will expect to, to gain. Going back to the moon and on to Mars provides a focused goal to affect practical and beneficial technologies for Earth. Just to name a few that came out of uh, Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo were CAT scans, MRIs, uh, new uh, 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 methodologies for melting and coalescing different metals together so that they worked efficiently, uh, developing in uh, anti-burnable materials uh, such as beta cloth, for example, um, all kinds of devices in the in the uh, makeup of the suits so that they could traverse the lunar surface and so on. Um, this, is gonna, this will be an ability to uh, infuse uh, leadership into the future for, for the United States. 
Okay. So as we look at those uh, lofty words and, and we we expired to go back to space, I mean, the, the space landscape has changed quite a bit. Uh, you know, in the early 60s, 70s, it was uh, really uh, the governments, uh, U.S. government against uh, U- uh, USSR, the S- Soviet Union, and it was uh, the space race. Today, uh, that landscape has changed, uh, specifically because we've uh, entered the commercial market, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the second segment. But let's talk about how NASA has changed. Why did NASA have to change? And just just for a footnote uh, for our audience, we're we're talking, uh, the show today is returning to the moon and Mars. My guest is uh, Bruce Abbott, uh, a space strategist, an amazing futurist. Uh, and we're talking about why the U.S. should return to moon and Mars. I'll just give a, a quick factoid. It takes uh, approximately three days to get to the moon, uh, approximately six to seven days to return. Just to go to Mars alone, it takes anywhere between 150 to 300 days uh, one way. And, of course, that's just and that's dependent on the type of fuel and the speed that you go into. So if you use nuclear fusion as one of the topics that uh, Hawks brought up during his discussion, it takes approximately 30 days. So the difference between three days to get to the moon and 30 days to get to Mars is quite a considerable challenge. And, and the shift between government-supported space uh, launches and support of space has changed, and the landscape has changed more of a joint venture between government and commercial companies, and we'll talk about those co- commercial companies. But the cost of space is really a critical factor. So, Hawks, let's go back and let's talk about uh, space, the next frontier, and specifically going to the moon. Why the moon first versus Mars? Uh, to... to there's been a space of 50 years since we uh, accomplished the Apollo missions on the lunar surface. Um, the the technologies have changed uh, for the suits. The technologies have sta- uh, changed for the spacecraft. There's some practicality that uh, uh, we need to, uh, how should I say, relearn after 50 years. All those people that were involved with uh, Apollo, unfortunately, most of them are gone. And so uh, to, uh, how should I say, get comfortable with doing uh, trips to the lunar surface again uh, and applying those lessons to, uh, uh, to building and putting together a spacecraft that will go to um, Mars and to develop possibly new propulsion systems that will get us there faster, uh, uh, much faster. But, however, uh, the amelioration of being in space for extended periods of time, as you know, the human body uh, uh, adjusts, uh, is in the uh, microgravity environment, and uh, some of it is not very good for the human body because we grew up in a uh, 1G terra firma Earth environment. Uh, We need to uh, uh, deal with... The, the uh, effects on the human body, um, how fast we get there, uh, 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 how we prepare for activities on the Martian surface and so on, can be learned and uh, greatly enhanced by a lunar activity. 
One of the, let me just give another factoid. The United States is the only country that ever put people on the moon. However, Russia, Japan, China, European Space Agency, and even India have made visits uh, to the moon via probes. There's only been 12 people who have walked on the moon. So, as you uh, uh, stated, uh, we still got a lot of learning uh, to overcome, and the technology in those 50 years has changed dramatically. And the budgets, uh, you know, one of the reasons we stopped. Uh, going uh, to the moon was just the cost. It was enormous. And then uh, uh, NASA made a, uh, a decision that it was going to start commercializing uh, or partnering with commercial companies. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. We have about two minutes left uh, for this particular segment. But the critical thing that I'd like to leave the audience with is we are moving towards uh, the next frontier, which is space. There is uh, a lot of uh, commercial interest and government interest in exploring space, and uh, and that was proven uh, last week as we talked about uh, space robots and the number of uh, drones, uh, robots, landers that have been uh, launched into space. The exploration of the moon itself is is a, is a goal for the U.S., and, and the commercial companies that are racing towards that goal and even a challenge to reach the moon has been a launch, a grand challenge, and, and therefore, and the steps to get from the moon to Mars. But I think the biggest lesson we have, uh, Hawks, can you, we've got about a minute left, give me about a 30-second uh, soundbite. Why go back to the moon? Uh, again, it's to, we have to relearn after 50 years to do things there. Um, and, and it's uh, the... Um, overall initiative to go forward to the moon and onto Mars are goals of our national space policy. It is, uh, space is limitless. It's untapped source of materials and energy. And let's take advantage of the lunar uh, uh, experience. Uh, we need to, within a couple of days of Earth is the moon. And, and therefore, if we go and... Uh, learn how to do things there in one six gravity. We can deal with the gravity of uh, Mars in a better manner, and we can test out all the new technology pieces of both our spacecraft, the suit, uh, how we deal with building and uh, terraforming the surface of the moon, uh, oh. and uh, those kinds oh. of things. Okay, so let's uh, return back. Our dis our topic today, returning the moon and Mars. This is your host, Jose Negron, and we'll uh, go off to our uh, first commercial break, and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
ever experience the joy of living, not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to today tomorrow's technologies to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to today tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com now back to our show welcome back folks i'm here with my guest uh, bruce abbott hawks abbott uh, space strategist and amazing futurist uh, always talking about the for- at the leading edge of the space uh, discussion and space frontier. Uh, the subject today is returning to the moon and Mars. Why is it important for the U.S. to be leading this effort? In the uh, first segment, we talked about the uh, the government uh, race really to the moon, and then, of course, NASA's making uh, a big pitch to returning to the moon here in 2024. Uh, several landers and rockets and robots have been sent to, out to explore space. But uh, really, that is our next frontier. I'd like to change the subject a little bit and and start talking about the commercial companies that we've all, uh, I guess, heard about more than anything else and been a major impact in future space exploration. We all know about uh, SpaceX with uh, Elon Musk and and the reusable rockets and his uh, projection of getting to Mars uh, by 2024. Uh, The other uh, companies, Blue Origin, uh, with uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, founder of Amazon, really uh, sparking that. Then we have Richard Branson with Virgin Galactic, uh, uh, who started up in about 2004. It's been about 16 years, and their purpose of Virgin Galactic uh, is to send passengers to space uh, or carry them from Earth to space. And they've got over 600 uh, paying customers at $250,000 a ticket. Uh, other companies, uh, of course, Boeing with the Space, Orbital Science, Sierra Nevada, um, XOR, and many, many other uh, companies in the space. Uh, let's put it this way. Just in 2018, uh, there has been 72 orbital launches, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago that that has really doubled uh, in 2020, and it's almost about two to four launches a week uh, by the global community. So, uh, Hawks is like, I go back and let's talk a little bit about 
uh, SpaceX and Boeing uh, with the rockets that they're trying to, because those are the big rockets and the various capsules that uh, they are constructing right now and testing to make sure they can go to the moon and then move on to Mars. And they've had some technical challenges in that development so far, but they're trying to proceed and get back on track. Any uh, um, comments on SpaceX, Boeing, or uh, uh, Virgin Galactica? Oh, absolutely. It is the, the commercial development that has uh, uh, jumped into the, how should I say, the focus of uh, the overall uh, U.S.'s uh, capability for, uh, for space. Um, the commercial products, uh, such as microgravity-derived materials on the International Space Station and on some of the shuttle uh, uh, launches and experimentation. That that look at uh, those uh, products coming out of that will improve not only life here on the surface, but uh, life uh, in orbit and to the moon and then on to Mars. Um, they have advanced global and lunar communications uh, 20-fold since uh, the times of Apollo. Um, it also becomes increasingly feasible and profitable um, to have this Elon Musk routine, reliable, and affordable access to space um, to be accomplished. Uh, and we can do that by going back to the moon and extracting the, the in-situ resources for, on the moon uh, for our future Mars missions. Um, the moon is an infrastructure resource center for propulsive elements for for the Mars missions, um, such as the Buzz Aldrin suge suggested uh, Mars Cycler uh, series of uh, uh, craft, uh, spacecraft, that you have uh, at least three uh, Mars-going uh, spacecraft in uh, continual rotation of supplying uh, things to Mars and, and uh, back to the uh, Earth-Moon environment. Uh, he suggested that uh, 30 years ago, and that may be one of the methodologies for supporting um, uh, getting uh, uh, human beings to the uh, surface of Mars and uh, actually uh, a permanent emplacement there. Um, and then getting those uh, energy requirements off the moon will be one probably one-fourth of the expense of doing it from the Earth's surface. So all these new technologies, not only for uh, the access to space uh, and uh, reusing elements of uh, such as Elon Musk, as has suggested, uh, is a very practical way of going about it, and commercialization has afforded that capability to us. Um, an investment in the high, uh, high technology needed for, for going back to the moon, exploring, and appropriately timed Mars exploration will maintain and improve America's share of the global marketplace and enhances our competitiveness with both Europe and Russia and China. It also stimulates the scientific and technical employment bases in our country uh, where the sectors uh, really concentrate on health, improving health, and the manufacture of uh, uh, pharmaceuticals, um, it will strengthen America's economy and to take care of our people. Um, 
And, and, and I wanted to point out that there are at least uh, probably 50 many, 50, as many as 50 different technologies going on right now uh, in, the, in the commercial development. But uh, I have a list of 14 here where um, heavy lift launch with minimum capacity, 150 metric tons, designed growth to 250 metric tons. That's essential. Uh, nuclear thermal propulsion, nuclear electric surface power uh, on the moon to support uh, megawatt level activity, EVA suit and advanced development, cryogenic transfer and long-term storage, automated rendezvous and docking of large masses in uh, lunar orbit in preparation for going to Mars, uh, zero and microgravity countermeasures for the human body and, and for the effects on spacecraft. Um, radiation effects and shielding is going to be extremely important. Uh, telerobotics, and that has to do with the communication between Earth and, and uh, the lunar environment, as well as deep space going on, going on to Mars. We need to be prepared for those things. Uh, Closed-loop life support system. Um, human factors for long-duration space mission and psychological issues. Uh, lightweight structural materials and fabrication, nuclear electronic propulsion for follow-on cargo missions, and finally, the in-situ resource evaluation and processing on the lunar surface. Yeah, that's quite a list. Uh, it goes back to our discussion earlier about uh, the 17 key technology areas that NASA is really pushing towards. But uh, as I back up a little bit and I talk about uh, Boeing, uh, you know, the next uh, Mars uh, mission exploration program is scheduled to happen in uh, 17 July 2020, which is just around the corner. And of course, uh, they're going to land there and it will take them from the launch to landing about two. 216 days or 5,184 hours or seven months. That's, you know, that's a long flight. Uh, 59% of a year is uh, spent on just traveling uh, into Mars. And I just want to give another statistics here. Uh, the reason governments and commercial companies are getting into the space uh, uh, race or the space activities, commercialization of space is because of the ability to take advantage of the minerals in, in, in these uh, on the moon or Mars or asteroids and the ability to uh, also look at habitats uh, as uh, Hawks listed in his technology just the uh, ability to have shelters the ability to protect for radiation the ability to have megawatt power and sustained power are all critical in future life I will give you a small statistic though Hawk is uh, on the International Space Station currently uh, each astronaut has about 3.8 pounds of food per day so if you're making that trip to uh, uh, to Mars they will need about 7,000 pounds, uh, you know, for for each person if they plan to go to Mars and back uh, for a five-year round-trip effort. So uh, that's quite a bit. And I know, uh, you know, that's something that we don't think about, but uh, the ability to drink water, the ability to eat, uh, all those things are, are critical if we're going to sustain life uh, on, the, uh, on these planets. And they're talking about, uh, it was something I picked up the other day, and it says... Uh, 
10 candidate crops that uh, may fill the bill for uh, astronaut food as they continue to grow, which is lettuce, spinach, carrot, tomatoes, green onions, radish, bell peppers, strawberries, fresh herbs, and cabbage. Uh, you know, these are all important. And of course, uh, the talking about the, an astronaut being the farmer or the green thumb person on that mission. These are, uh, it, it may not seem like a technological advancement, but the ability to grow food on these planets are critical if we're going to do life sustaining uh, uh, capability to form habitats. Any comments on, on the habitats of the future and, and how the U.S. or the commercial companies will proceed? Well, there's no place like home, as uh, the old cat uh, rhetoric uh, of uh, movies gone past uh, uh, says. Uh, um, we are going to, as human beings that have uh, evolutionized uh, through the last two million years, um, we got used to our environment on Earth and terra firma. So uh, when we go to different places, such as the moon and Mars, we're going to have to make habitats that our bodies are, are going to be receptive of and be able to sustain life for extended periods. Um, so... Uh, we'll have to make uh, an environment on Mars um, uh, that will be uh, suitable to our uh, existence. And uh, there will be some terraforming, uh, building um, uh, surface environments that will uh, protect us from the radiation and the cold of Mars. Uh, It will also uh, uh, help us uh, to um, start developing the, the means and ways to uh, uh, ter- you know grow um, plants and nutrition uh, in the soil of Mars, even though it's very uh, um, uh, uh, heavily inundated with iron at this point, and we will certainly figure out a way of how to grow uh, a plant life on Mars once we get established there. But a plant life uh, for us so far has originated on on Earth, and we'll have to make it more like uh, an Earth place as we move forward. I'm just looking at the uh, the challenge, as you said, uh, the interactions between the commercial company and the governments uh, so that they can co-share the cost of space and, of course, the ability to bring uh, the commercialization and new technology and that wave of uh, new products that are needed, as you talked about uh, previously, it is critical, but you know, once again, the question and the debate is why go to the moon versus Mars? And and I'll just give you a little statistics. Uh, you know, uh, there has been more missions attempted to go to Mars, but 50% of them have failed. And a lot of them failed during the early days when we were trying to shoot for Mars. So, but in, in 1996, which is just 14 years ago, we, uh, you know, space uh, uh, travel to Mars uh, was, uh, began a renaissance, basically. We have four orbiters and four landed missions on Mars now. We have eight active missions. We have four future missions going to Mars. And it's all those lessons learned. I cannot stress enough how important that is because it's been 50 years, as Hawks talked about in segment one, uh, new technology, new capacity, new uh, capability uh, in order to sustain life, both from uh, uh, launching the, uh, the spacecraft to uh, um, 
I guess, traveling in space towards the, the moon or Mars, and then, of course, landing on those uh, moon and Mars, and then living there. All that technology, I mean, when I start thinking about all the variables and the steps that you have to um, do and ensure that 100% is safe and, and, and the outcome is assured, uh, it is uh, mind-boggling as I look at the, uh, at the mission there. But the critical step is getting back to the moon, relearning those steps, ensuring that the capability is there from a technology perspective, and then traveling to Mars. And why do I say that? Well, it's three days to the moon. You're going to learn a lot of lessons. Six months to travel to Mars. And uh, you don't want to um, learn those lessons in those six months if uh, uh, if uh, catastrophe happens along the way. You, you want to bring those astronauts and those folks back home as, as soon as possible. Any comments on that, on the space travel hawks and, and as more companies commercially get into the space, it's not just uh, big companies like SpaceX or Boeing or uh, um, you know Virgin Galactic. There are a lot of other small technology companies building uh, you know the computer systems, building all the technology needed to survive in space. Any comments on those? Well, and again, it is uh, the issue becomes keeping uh, human beings safe on extended periods in space. And um, there's a lot to do with chemical and biological reactions of the body in a microgravity environment. And should we build the spacecraft that goes to Mars with an ability to rotate and create uh, a, a partial G environment, um, a, you know, uh, should it be ha- uh, half of what we know on Earth or should it be rotating enough to give us the effects of almost uh, uh, 1G gravity in that spacecraft? And that spacecraft will be have to be insulated in such a manner that it protects the um, uh, astronauts, cosmonauts, taikonauts, whatever, in a... Um, a uh, safe environment for galactic uh, cosmic radiation and solar particle radiation. Um, and, and that may be that the outer shell of the spacecraft is three or four foot of water uh, that it happens to be a good insulator against these uh, uh, particles that are, uh, uh, that are streaming through space all the time uh, that could uh, very uh, negatively affect uh, human beings. Um, the, the idea, again, is that we are going from our traditional 1G uh, terra firma uh, Earth environment to, to a different environment, but as we increase the population and we're using resources of the Earth up, we have to develop ways to not only artificially create uh, an environment that we can live in, uh, such as spacecraft and spacesuits, but we have to adjust the environment when we get to Mars so we can uh, live there for extended periods of time and do the same thing on the moon, for example. Uh, okay. The next stop to the moon is going to be permanent uh, yep, in my yep. context. Well, let me uh, summarize real quick. Uh, we've been talking about uh, uh, U.S. space 
Uh, and then, of course, the commercialization of space, and we're talking about new technologies and, and some of the commercial companies that we've heard of. Uh, uh, Blue Origin, uh, uh, co-founder from uh, uh, is, uh, is uh, uh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, he started his company in 2000, so that's been about 20 years. SpaceX, uh, t- uh, 2002, and Virgin Galactica in 2004. So it's been about 16 to 20 years. So in our next segment, we're going to talk about the international community, and we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We all know that today our country is in many ways run by vested interests which have accumulated large amounts of power for themselves and at our expense. But this can be changed by recognizing the problems and then by adopting libertarian solutions to address them. Tune into All Rise, the Libertarian Way with Judge Jim Gray. Judge Gray and his guests will discuss the problem areas of today and then present solutions that result in a better world for ourselves and our children. Tune in Fridays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, folks. We're continuing our third segment. I'm here talking about uh, returning to the moon and Mars. Our guest today is uh, Mr. Hawks Abbott, a space futurist. In the first segment, we talked about uh, government uh, space launches to uh, to control the space environment, and really, it was a space race between Russia and the U.S. and and of course, eventually landing on the moon with Apollo missions. After that, we talked a little bit about the commercial companies and the importance that the commercial companies are playing in the, in the space race currently, and that switch between uh, a joint partnership between the governments and uh, and the commercial companies. And we talked a little bit about SpaceX. We talked about Blue, Blue Horizon. We talked about uh, Virgin Galactic. Uh, we talked a little bit about orbital science, Boeing uh, with the uh, 
capsules they're trying to uh, launch and the satellite boosters that they're constructing and so forth and so on. Now I'd like to switch and, and let's talk a little bit about the international community because the international community is also um, um, launching different uh, probes and landers and, and rockets into space and their their sites are on the, uh, on really on Mars. Uh, they have been doing some exploration on the moon. China recently, in the last um, uh, six months, has launched a, a rocket, uh, landed on the moon on the backside. That was a big deal. A European Space Station has also uh, been energetic in, in launching uh, robots into into space. India became the first uh uh, I guess uh, Asian countries to successfully uh, reach uh, Mars. So, uh, folks, uh, the international community is picking up, and therefore we need to be paying attention to that. And as I stated earlier, uh, the number of launches that are happening for communication, satellite, uh, uh, the, for weather, comms, internet, uh, it is a tremendous outgrowth. We talked a little bit about uh, even SpaceX having close to 600 to 900 satellites being launched here in the next uh, 10 years or so. So this is what's going on. But the, but uh, let me just talk about the 13 countries that have uh, uh, built uh, rockets and launched into orbit. We've got the Chinese National Space, the European Space, uh, Space Agency, the Iranian Space Agency, Israeli Space Agency, the Italians, the Koreans, the Indians, the Japanese, uh, the United States with the, the NASA, uh, the National Space Center uh, research for France. Uh, you have the National Space Agency of Re Ukraine, and then of course you got the Russian Federation. Uh, so these are all uh, countries uh, that are bidding and buying for the space exploration. Uh, Hawks, as we continue to, uh, U.S. continues to explore space with a partnership between the U.S. government and our commercial companies. How do you see the landscape playing with these launches from the other countries? Well, I, I, obviously there is a certain level of competition involved. However, uh, we we really should learn from each other uh, on going forward. But you know, uh, the the competition sometimes uh, uh, beguiles us into a uh, a role of doing it ourselves. And that goes back to that leadership issue um, that we mentioned earlier. Uh, the United States is a leader in space, and we need to uh, um, be their leading uh, to, to uh, do those certain uh, activities. For example, um, the surface activities of the moon, uh, again, will encompass uh, the three primary components of, of uh, science and exploration, human presence, and space resources um, are critical to our success. Uh, the Apollo missions, out of the six missions that went to uh, the seven missions that went to the the moon, uh, one of them was a failure. Uh, Apollo 13, with the uh, oxygen tank exploding, and, and uh, uh, we had to marshal all our resources on both the Earth and uh, on those uh, on that spacecraft to get people back safely. Uh, so we want to be able to do literally hundreds to thousands of missions to the moon and and have everybody safe and, and uh, be kept safe. And you mentioned the 
the long, almost six-month-year transit to, to Mars and, and keeping people safe and being able to uh, move forward in Mars exploration uh, with scientific uh, disciplines of how did Mars form, how did it become uh, a cold, uh, destitute planet later on in its uh, 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 evolution. Uh, all those things, uh, back to that commercial uh, I- issue uh, and private industry and human industry moving forward, and finally, uh, this competition with other people on the surface, uh, other countries. We uh, ultimately someday it'll be like Star Trek, and it'll be uh, everybody on the planet Earth going forward together. Uh, and that may be a political environment that we haven't touched on yet. I'm always quite surprised as I listen uh, to the news and learn that the Chinese have uh, launched another rocket or a lot and the Chinese has landed on the moon or the Chinese have uh, have uh, continued to explore Mars. It's it's amazing because it's almost the last minute versus a, a planned projection. I'm sure it's on their long planning process, but uh, keep keeping an eye on what uh, they're doing in space. Russia has increased their space activity I, i'm quite surprised on the smaller countries uh you know the european space agency and and their ambition to launch various uh satellites in order to uh improve their uh communication weather satellites gps um other type of uh, uh space telescopes that are out there uh, just to find out you know the, uh, a little bit more about our universe and the understanding of the universe and more importantly i go back uh you know to the to our first show on space, do we know, really know about space and 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 our uh, I guess our uh, the Milky Way uh, just having over a hundred uh, uh, billion galaxies uh, in the universe. There's a, a two hundred billion uh, stars in, in the Milky Way. I, I just you know those are just huge numbers that uh, go beyond my understanding when we start talking about billions versus uh, you know just a few hundreds and I, I don't think we understand the complexity of the universe and the need for uh, as you said cooperation graduate and cooperate in the space endeavor is there something that you have been surprised by the European or uh, just the international community uh, doing recently that uh, kind of shocked you? Well, it's a fallout of uh, uh, the uh, recent activities uh, between uh, Russia, China, and the United States uh, um, Sometimes we get along, sometimes we don't. Uh, a good example is uh, the Apollo-Soyuz mission in 1975 with uh, Tom Stanford and Alexei Leonov uh, being the commanders of the two flights that joined and then orbited uh, and did experiments together. Um, we've had a uh, kind of a hot and cold relationship with missions for uh, literally the last uh, 60 years uh, in doing uh, experiments together and, and kind of leveraging off each other, uh, the the new advent of uh, uh, China uh, going to the far side of the moon uh, and very little cooperation with them except in the early 90s uh, uh, when uh, 
um, we did some help in uh, in making uh, China's uh, uh, launch operation safe, uh, and we helped with that. Uh, the the thing is, uh, uh, China seems to want to um, own the turf and, and the best at it, and show the rest of the world that it it, it wants to be a leader in space. And uh, instead of collaboratively going forward, they have uh, uh, they want to say that they're the best, and, and and we all have a certain need to do that, and that's competition, but. Uh, Ultimately, the planet uh, is filled with human beings and that uh, as we go forward into the solar system and into uh, uh, our own galaxy, it is going to mean that we are going to have to combine efforts somewhere down the road uh, so that humanity can uh, continue to exist. Um, but the States needs to be a leader in that process. So, um, that's my last comment on that. Okay. Well, uh, I am quite surprised as the international community continues to increase their knowledge uh, and, of course, the increase uh, the number of launches they have into space, not only in the satellite, but also in exploration and also uh, just launching the various rovers, landers, and, and robots out into outer space in the contribution. But I, I, as a as a humanist, uh, I agree with you that, uh, you know, this has got to be a cooperative effort. But uh, the cost of and the danger of exploring space, I, I, it, it is a tremendous feat. There's no question about that. And that's something that we have to uh, continue to learn lessons. With the new technology and being 50 years, just because you've done it once um, doesn't mean you, you have a complete understanding. So that, that understanding and relearning some of those lessons learned, unfortunately, is going to be with us a little bit, and that's what I'm, uh, uh, I guess, apprehensive or uh, cautious about because, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, you, the the path forward is always uh, built on someone else's uh, missed opportunity or unfortunate circumstances, and so we're going to get a couple of those as we've all learned in space. Uh, but today's uh, uh, topic today is uh, returning to the moon and Mars. Uh, I'm talking to uh, our guest, uh, Hawks Abbott, uh, space futurist, and we've been talking a little bit about uh, just uh, NASA and the U.S. government activities in space and how they have move to do a joint partnership between government and commercial companies. We listed a couple of the co uh, commercial companies and their activities and what they're trying to do in space and really getting into the commercialization of space, uh, the launching of various satellites, which has increased just SpaceX is about 600 so satellites. And then with uh, this segment, we've talked a little bit about you know, the 13 countries that have built rockets and launched into uh, uh, into orbit, uh, and, and of course, the six agencies from the Chinese, the Europeans, the Indian, the Japanese, you, uh, NASA, and uh, Roscosmos, uh, the Russian space agencies, all these agencies are are. are trying to cooperate most of the time, but there is, uh, as uh, Hawks mentioned earlier, a little competition. Hawks, as we uh, approaching the two-minute mark here, I'll give you a minute to uh, summarize what you would like to say about returning back to the moon and why that is important, and then moving on to Mars. Well, I think, uh, to me, it's very obvious uh, that we need to go do it, and uh, 
one of the good friends that I had down at Johnson Space Center uh, when I was down there for a five-year tour um, was John uh, Young, and he was the first uh, astronaut to do six flights to space, and he had been to the moon twice. Uh, he says, I think you have to go to the moon and to Mars because we need to get smarter, faster, and apply what we've learned to help us solve problems of tomorrow. This is the most capable nation on the planet, and we are ho-humming our way into the future. I feel very serious about uh, this, and after talking to a lot of people, that we are not making enough progress in advancing science and technology for our grandbabies. We have a war on poverty, a war on drugs, and a war on crime, but the war we need to win is if we're going to be successful in the next century is a war that nobody realizes we are in, and that's the war on ignorance. If we can win the war on ignorance, you can win all the other wars in the process. H.G. Wells once said, the future is a race between education and catastrophe. Every day, millions of examples are telling us how to how right he was. Now we better get on with the, that race because we may not have a lot of time. And so, uh, okay. as John Young put it, let's get going, get back to the moon and go on to Mars. All right. So, folks, today we've been talking about returning to the moon and Mars. My guest has been uh, Hawks Abbott. It's been a great show. I'd like to thank uh, Dee Daniels, my executive producer, Alexander Loreno, my executive assistant. And this is your host, Jose Negron, on T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technology. I bid you uh, farewell until our next show next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. We hope you'll join your host, Jose Negron, for another exciting program next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your week.